All right. I haven't had issues like this since uh, the beginning. (laughs) You guys, this is literally like (laughs) attempt number seven. So if this shit doesn't work, you're not getting an episode this week. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) And if I have to, I'll just post this so that you guys can see my irritation and that I'm being genuine. (laughs) I don't know what the hell is going on. It keeps giving us a hard time. We tried to do video on the recording platform that I usually use because you can and it wasn't working and so then we tried to just do it without and then it wasn't working again so we're gonna just keep our fingers crossed and try not to jump off a bridge today yeah eating gummy worms so I apologize but speaking of I know you can't see me Jess Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to turn my camera on but taking a sip of that margarita Oh, nice. Right about now. Do it. Do it. I think you need it today. <laughs> what is happening? All right. Okay. We were talking about fucking wins and shit. At this point, this is the biggest fail of the goddamn month. I don't think we need any more fails here, okay? <laughs> Jesse has a fucking awesome studio space opportunity coming up. It's that we've talked amazing. about 5,000 times already today. I don't even know. Part of that might still be here. I have no idea. <laughs> Boy. We were talking about, yes, I might ha- I'll, I'll have a studio space by the end of the year. Um, really excited about it. It's a big opportunity for me. She's staying a bit vague until everything's written in stone. Exactly. Which I and said is kind of where I'm at, actually. My, uh, my win, uh, and if I can put in more of what you already fucking said about it, I will. <laughs> but my win is very similar where it looks like I'm going to have a really fantastic job opportunity. This one feels incredibly, uh, I don't want to say incredibly guaranteed. That sounds fucking dumb. I don't know. This one feels (laughs) secure. Like it's going to happen because I'm, I know these people it's basically already been stated anyway, if that does happen, then I'm going to have a lot more flexibility in like my day to day, which is very exciting. So um, but I was just telling Jesse before shit hit the fan for the umpteenth time <laughs> that, um, I, uh, have always like watched her go from, you know, being an artist in school and all of that to where she's at now, where she's, you know, getting these studios and these opportunities. And I was saying, I don't want to say that I'm jealous, but it's been like, um, more of a, um, motivating factor for me because I'm an artist as well, but I have always been trapped in like corporate America. And I feel like I've finally kind of gotten out of that, but, you know, seeing what you're doing and, you know, the path you've taken and the different transitions you've made that have just created more and more opportunity makes me wish I had done that a little sooner, but we'll get there. Hopefully this new job coming up, um, knock on wood, will allow me to focus a little bit more on that so yeah well and like I was saying before um I think the biggest thing I learned was to just when you see opportunities just apply to them even if you're not entirely sure you're going to be my problem is I don't even have like a portfolio I I don't have anything at this point like I have a portfolio from high school you know what I mean yeah and I don't I feel like I haven't spent enough time whereas you had a lot more um time up until now to really like hone your own style and like I don't even feel like I know my own style like I like so many different things about art I like painting I like you know I've just started learning like procreate and all that and I like realism but I also would love to try to learn like you know but I also love sculpture like I want to do clay shit like Jesus fucking Christ I don't know what the fuck I'm doing (laughs) I want to do it all Well, I think like the biggest thing I struggled with over the years was not bothering to apply to certain things because I just assumed that I couldn't do them. So, and not that I couldn't necessarily get into them, but like if it demanded a little bit more from me, I just assumed that I can't make it work. No, it's true. That's my biggest mistake over the years. It's actually funny because the job that I'm looking at is out of, it's basically kind of an office job, but- It's in a creative field. Mm -hmm. However, it's not a field that I have worked in 
in corporate America or in that setting before. Mm -hmm. So I have never been given the opportunity, especially these days, everybody's applying for everything. So if you ever apply for jobs, it's literally like you and like 2000 other people. So any jobs that I've applied for, it's like, I don't even have any experience in this area, but because I know the people for this particular job is why I'm, you know, going to have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you, (laughs) I don't know how you feel or if you follow tarot or anything like that, but there are tarot readers on YouTube and some of them are really great. I found some really fantastic ones. And after this opportunity came up, it was, um, I think it was just the beginning of this week. I don't remember what day I messaged you guys and told you about it, but I think it was the beginning of this week. And the next day, um, one of my favorite readers posted like the next six months video. Mm -hmm. And basically they're set up for anybody who doesn't um, follow any of them. And I know they're, you know, this is a very kind of (laughs) woohoo topic, but for anybody who doesn't follow any tarot readers or anything like that, a lot of the ones on YouTube will do this thing where they have um, like multiple different piles of cards, like face down, and they'll have some people will just use objects or some people will use crystals or something on top of each pile. And you pick whichever one you're like, you know, use your intuition, you pick whichever one you're drawn to the most. And then you you listen to that reading and see if it correlates. And there's a few readers that I've listened to over the last few years that have been so accurate. And so literally the day following that, you know, the presentation of this offer to me, and I'm thinking the exact same thing. Like I realize I've never done this before, but I also know that I would like, I, I this is like an environment I would thrive in. And I know that I would do really good. Um, actually it lines up very closely with the Etsy shop that I have. So I do have experience in that regard, but it's all just under myself. It's not in like a, a job setting, like in that, you know, where I can say, Hey, I've done this for a company, you know, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's very similar to what I'm already doing. And this reader, the whole reading was like about a new opportunity coming up and she was like talking, she just kept saying stuff like, I feel like, you know, this is a situation where you know that you'll do really great at this, but because maybe you don't have the experience or maybe you've never done it, nobody's given you a chance and you finally have found somebody who's like seeing what you're able to offer. And I was like, oh man, it's like exactly my situation. It's so funny sometimes how that happens. So um, they really are fun, even if you just listen to them for fun. But they sometimes it's like, what? Like I've had them be incredibly specific. Like before I started the podcast, having them be like, I think you're going to start like maybe a podcast or something. I'm like, what the, f-? you know, yeah. so they're fun. They're fun to listen to, but yeah. So my, uh, mine's the same thing though. I wasn't going to say anything specific about it until, you know, I know it's yeah. for sure. I'm waiting for like the job description information to be passed over to me and then, you know, confirm like a start date and all that. And then I'll be excited about it. So, right. Well, it was really cool when this whole thing came up because, you know, um, when I initially applied, it was requesting for 15 hours of studio time during open hours. Yeah. I totally get the reason behind it. But of course, I have a full-time job and I have a toddler. So that's just not possible for me. Um, yeah. So when they had emailed me, I emailed them back and I said, I was really looking forward to this and I really want to do it. I just cannot commit to 15 hours. You know, I can be there after hours and I'll be there on Saturdays. But that's, I mean, as far as everything else for participation, I'll have no problem with. It's just I can't physically be there when you want me to be there. Yeah. And um, it was funny because she she was – when I talked to her on the phone, she was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to leave you on red. (laughs) Um, and I was like, oh, like a text. (laughs) Yeah. Like a text, but it was through email because it was like two days later and I hadn't heard from them that. And I was like, oh my God. Keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. (laughs) I know she saw it. (laughs) I'm like panicking. I'm like, I know you're really busy, but, um, but it was funny because they had a, they have a waiting list. And so they had actually offered it to the person who was first on the waiting list. And she had applied, a couple weeks before I did. So um, when they offered it to her, they, she basically was like, I'm just not at a place that place right now. I, I have, I I work, I have a kid and, you know, I just don't think I can commit to those hours that you, you need me to be. And then when they offered it to me, I essentially said the exact same thing. 
And so what was really nice was that the center was then able to kind of get the board together and have a full discussion about, you know, is it morally right to deny these opportunities to people simply because they have lives? They've got kids, family. Well, I mean, you have to imagine that most people who have a space like that for the purposes of something creative, Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's not their primary source of income. Exactly. So, you know, like it's, it is a bit much to expect. Most people work regular jobs or, you know, not everybody has part-time hours with their regular job or whatever. Yeah. And I was really glad that they, that kind of like opened up that can for them to talk about it. And, um, you know, they're like, you know, we really want these artists in here, but you know, we can't deny them simply because they've got these responsibilities that they need to continue. Um, and so she was like, you know, we're in full support of moms, you know, we, you know, we're all moms too. So we just felt, it felt wrong to be like, oh, okay. And then move on to the next person. Now, have you heard yet about the last person, the person before yes. you? So they extended that same courtesy to the first person and she decided to take it. But oh, the, the center said that another space is opening up by hopefully the end of the year. Yeah. So, and that space will be mine. Um, But they are going to be a lot more flexible with their requirements, which was really nice. Um, So it was a good open discussion and I'm glad that it happened. Um, I think it's important because I do feel like, especially women in general, Mm -hmm. get shafted when it comes to opportunities simply because we have children and – yeah. I hate to say it, but a lot of the times the childcare kind of gets thrown onto us. And yeah. I feel like men and fathers in general, unless they're like full time dads or stay at home dads yeah. or something like that's what I meant when I say full time dad. <laughs> stay at home dads. Yeah. Um, it's just a part time dad. <laughs> just a part time dad. No. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, stay at home dads because they funny. exist. Um, but I just feel like. If they were to get the same opportunity, it probably wouldn't be as big of a discussion, I feel like, even yeah. if they've got, you know, Well, kids it's tough too because I feel like – and it's not always the situation. Obviously, there are plenty of, you know, relationships where the woman earns more or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like – I know like in our situations, my husband earns more, you know, mm-hmm. and I know Mark earns more. And so it is tough because like – at least like up here, for instance, when there's a snowstorm, mm-hmm. I'm the one who stays home because a right. Eddie makes more. He also works retail. And so I'm always the one who just takes the day, you know, yeah. does he yeah. have time? He does, but he's manager and he's got a team of people to manage and I'm not in that position. So it's totally different. And, um, that's also one of the benefits from this job coming up as well, because I'm under the impression that I should be able to be working from home or in their office. So mm-hmm. that'll be good too for like days like snowstorms and things like that because it's stuff that even if I can't be on the phone or something with my kid inside of my actual rectum, yeah. I could at least like, you know, do other work. Yeah. With, you know, with that time. So yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so it's going to be good. Um I do want to talk about what my blood test results ended up being oh, um, yeah. and discuss, you know, the big uh, controversy that's going on lately uh, on the interwebs. Internet. Uh, the internet. <laughs> um, but uh, like I said last week, I got blood work done. So I was waiting to hear the results back. And I did talk to my doctor earlier this week. And um, turns out I – and pre-diabetic, which I wasn't expecting. Um, and that was the main thing that she was concerned about. And as well as my cholesterol. My cholesterol was very high. Yeah. Um, and I've the few people I've told, uh, they're just like, wait, how on earth are you pre-diabetic? I know. I was just going to say, so for people who don't know Jessie, she's far from morbidly obese or anything <laughs> like that. You know, she's a very small individual. But this is totally for sure, without a doubt, 
um, genetics based because oh, your sure. dad's side for sure. Like what did yeah. mom said your dad had his first heart attack at 36? Yes. That's crazy, right? Like yeah. mom at 55 was like considered young. Like that's a num- that's an age where you need to like tell your doctor your mother had a heart attack at 55. I think that's like the, the cutoff, like 55 is like the last yeah. year before it's deemed like not normal, but you know what I mean? So I do, I do have a very unfortunate family history when it comes to stuff like that. So yeah. just as a quick background, my dad was 36 when he had his first mm-hmm. heart attack and he had five total by the yeah. time he passed away, which was he was 50. And then his parents, my grandpa was 40. I think he was 42 Oof. when he died of a heart attack. Yeah, My grandmother, I think, was – Younger than 65 when she died of a heart attack. He's had at least, I think, two or three siblings who have died of heart attacks. Um, And then, of course, mom's side of the family. Mom had a heart attack. Nana had a heart attack. And I think a stroke. Grampy's had strokes. Um, Our Aunt Diane had a stroke. And then Mm -hmm. Nana's dad Everything on mom's side is for sure heart-related too. Yes. Yeah. So it's just very – like I always knew that it was something I was going to have to deal with. I just didn't think it was going to be at the age of 32. Yeah. So um, it definitely put things into perspective for me. I do feel like – and I don't know for sure, but what what is – your I know you did the the DNA testing so like your breakdown when because I'm I I believe I I could be wrong I mean I'm not and I don't have my own family that is you know Hispanic or Mexican Mm -hmm. but generally don't they seem to have more heart issues or or cardiovascular issues like people Mexican or Hispanic I feel like they usually have a higher I feel like I've heard that Hispanics do tend to have um, yeah, I feel higher like cholesterol common. or blood pressure. Well, it doesn't, it's stuff. not surprising that his whole family does. You know what right. I mean? Like I feel like that. But I don't actually know what their actual percentage of what. Well, and this also to take this into consideration, my dad was also a drug addict for yeah. a good chunk of his life. So I think that could explain why he had his first heart attack. I'm sure. Heart attack so early. Yeah. For I all we it know, it could still, have been drug related. So, you know, yeah. you obviously can have heart attacks from that. So, yes. And I think, um, that obviously probably didn't help. Um, yeah. I mean, he already had the bad genetics as it was. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so my doctor gave me a few options. She basically said I need to, you know, lose weight. Um, like you said, I mean, I'm like, not- how much do they feel you should lose? Cause like I said, you guys, she really is not a large person. So like, no. what's an uh, optimum weight for you? Because if I, so I'm five, foot I could one. lose a fuck ton, but <laughs> I'm not diabetic or anything. You know what I mean? I'm- I haven't had my blood work done recently, but I've never <laughs> been close to, you know, um, I am five foot one. So if yeah. we were to go off of my height, the range oh, I of hate health ranges, though they're so fucking dumb. Go ahead, tell me what it is. The ranges are always fucking stupid, though. The range for me is, I would say, is normal. Um, for me, it would be somewhere between like one ten and one thirty would okay. be like a healthy range. See, so- I wonder if they've changed it then, because let me tell you something. I'm five five, and the the optimum range for me, I swear on my life, it goes from like one fifteen. Yeah. To like 145. Yeah. And when I competed and did my bodybuilding competition at like 14% body fat, which is pretty freaking low for a woman, I was at, at 142 pounds. So could yeah. you fucking ever fathom it, what I would look like at 115 pounds? I would yeah. die. So no, I, I'm definitely... always like, there's no way that would be healthy for me. I would definitely be very happy at like 130. Yeah. Um, I, like, think I feel like I'd be happy at like 175, but they'd still tell me I'm obese. Yeah. <laughs> I just BMI feel like be like 21, which is great, but I feel like for me, 130 would be sustainable. I feel like if I was any smaller than that, it would be really hard for me to manage. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you something that's very interesting. Actually, there's this theory called, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not going to remember the name of it. There's a theory called, um, it's like, Fuck, what is it? It's something about like your um I wish I could remember. It's like weight point or something. So essentially there's this idea that the longer you spend at a particular weight, the more 
difficult it is for you to maintain a different body weight. Mm -hmm. So like, say I, without much effort was able to maintain a body weight of like 160 pounds. Yeah. If I lost weight from that, which would still be considered healthy, if I had stayed at 160 for a long period of time, it would be harder for me to maintain at a lower body weight than just popping back up to that like checkpoint like mm-hmm. that I've created, mm-hmm. which stresses me out because I weigh a lot right now, which I hate, but I feel like I'm like creating this new like point that I need to try to <laughs> combat because I I felt it's so funny because after my competition, I have pictures of myself when I was training still for like the powerlifting competition. And so I had put on maybe like, it was probably, I want to say I was like 162 pounds or something like that. And so I was probably up about 20 pounds from my competition weight. And I thought I was huge. So this is definitely one of the challenges when you do something like a bodybuilding competition is your mental state after the fact, because you do, you feel guilty, you know, putting on any weight when in reality, it's not normal to stay at this really low lean, you know, status for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. but you've tried so hard and you've worked so hard. And then, especially if you're someone who's struggled for a long time, like I have, it's really hard to not think you're huge. So now that I am fucking huge, I see pictures of myself at that weight and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I was fucking perfect. And it yeah. was, it was a good weight for me where like, even if I tried to lose weight, I'm, I was fluctuating up and down that same like one and a half pounds Yeah, because I just, that was like where I was comfortable. And at that point I was like, but I can't, I'm so huge. Oh my God, it's so annoying I know. because now I'm like, oh, I'd be happy 20 pounds up from that. So yeah. 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 Well, right now where I'm at, I need to lose roughly 30 pounds. Yeah. Um, and so my doctor had given me a couple of options and which is why we're gonna like get into the controversy. The yeah. Um, so one of them was Ozempic mm-hmm. um or the compound version, which is Wagovi. It's essentially the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they all have the same active. Um and then the second option was phenamine. Yeah. So I was more I was more willing to try Wagovi because mm-hmm. um it just phenamine scared me only because I know it's a stimulant. And yeah. having taken recreational drugs before and <laughs> I have taken Adderall Jesse, before. such a bad example. I take it to survive. <laughs> um, I'm not a spokesperson for recreational drugs, but I have done Adderall before. Um, and so As I drink I, out of the bottle. I didn't I didn't necessarily want to feel like that every day because I don't have ADHD. So when I'm on when I've taken yeah. Adderall before, it's like I, you know, Let me I'm, tell you really quickly my explanation of what Adderall does for me because mm-hmm. I know when I wanted to try it because I was like, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, which if anybody, obviously I just cut her off again for the 27th time this <laughs> podcast so far because if I don't, I'll forget. But everyone's like, oh, everyone uses Adderall just to stay up at night and blah, 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 like all this shit, right? Let me tell you, when I took Adderall the first day, I was like, this shit, I told Jay. I was like, this is like the best way I can explain this is like the scene in the Matrix when Neo realizes he's the one, you know, <laughs> and everything slows down and he's trying to fight Mr. Anderson. And it's like, <laughs> and he's like slowly knocking his, you know, his yeah. um, advances away. And uh, I was like, that's what it was like. It was like I was making the kids lunch and I just made the lunch. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Like, is this what people do? Like, they don't, like, start the lunch, but then put the dryer on for the clothes and then start getting themselves ready and then go, fuck, I didn't finish the lunch, and then go back to the lunch and forget about the dryer and then not finish what I was doing. That's my life if I don't take the Adderall. When I take it, it's like everything, like, meets in the middle, you know? Like, I can finish one thing without feeling like I'm going to forget the next thing because that's always the problem. I start one thing and if I think of something that I have to make sure I do, I stop that thing and start the next thing because if I don't, I will forget. But I've stopped the first thing now, you know? So yeah, taking it, it's like night and day for me. It's almost like things slow down. Yeah. And I'll like talk about, because I, 
did decide to start taking phenamine and um, I'll kind of get into what kind of piggy off of that. Um, I was willing to go on Wagovi, but I did not want to spend $250 a month. Yeah. Um, just in, in the off And you said that's because you're not diabetic officially. Exactly. Yes. Um, so it's not covered by insurance. So I didn't want to spend that much and then end up having horrible side effects and then just have it not work. Right. And I, I just didn't want to drop that much money. So at least with Phenermine, I'm not dropping that much money. And if it's not working for me eventually, then I'll just, you know, weigh my other options. Yeah. But I was nervous about taking phenamine only because like I just remembered when I have taken Adderall in the past, it does make me um, – it makes me bubblier. I'm more yeah. social. Yeah. Um, I'm not as uh, – not that I'm like an anxious person, but like I'm more – I'm I don't know how to explain it. I'm just more like open to just talking to people. Like yeah. if – It is I, like a – it does, you know – increase your serotonin. Yes. So I, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, like this is, you know, a good version of myself, which bothers me because I shouldn't need drugs to make me a good version of myself. So that's what made me, huh? I said, you're kind of a piece of shit though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, So that's what I was nervous about. Um, but I decided to take the chance and, you know, take phetamine. Yeah. Um, so far, so good. I don't feel like I'm cracked out of my mind. Yeah. Um, it does have certain like energetic effects to me that I've noticed where like yeah. um, I have similar issues to you, but it's not in the sense of like I start something and then move on like to something else and then move mm-hmm. on to something else and then forget the previous thing. Yeah. It's more of finding the energy to do the thing in the first place. Right. So I know yeah, I have that too executive function hardcore is a problem. And so I've noticed the last couple of days, like I'll just start doing the dishes or I'll like unload the dishwasher and then fill them up with dishes. And then I stop myself and I'm like, oh my God, I just filled up the dishwasher. (laughs) Like I, okay. Like where'd this energy come from? (laughs) So, um, it's been a positive impact on me, I would say. It's funny um, because yesterday I did not take my Adderall because I don't usually take it on the weekends all the time. Yeah. And uh, so Eddie came home and he had some groceries and he was like, we have like one of those like Tupperware containers that you can put cereal bags in. Yeah. To keep them, you know, like to throw out the boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, do you want to put the um, bags in those? And he took them out and put them on the counter. I was like, yeah. So I started doing that. And then Abe said something and I went in the other room and then um, something else happened and I went in the living room and then I started doing making like food for Abe or something. He's like, so you're going to take care of that cereal or what? And I was like, <laughs> God damn it. Like it was like 12 <laughs> things happened. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I was explaining to Mark, um, the other day, uh, cause he was asking about the medication and he's like, he's from the UK. They don't have a big pharmaceutical yeah. um, presence like we do here. So when you go to the doctor, they're not just throwing prescriptions yeah. at you like they are here in America. So he's a lot more, uh, cautious when it comes to things like that. Um, yeah, Eddie doesn't take anything either. Yeah. And so I was explaining to him, I'm like, yeah, I, I took it the other day. Um, and it's funny because I would be hungry and, I, and, and I'd be like, yeah, I could eat. But then I could still move on with my day. Like I could still get tasks done. Whereas before I was like, oh my God, I'm hungry. I need to eat right now. What can I eat right now? When can I order lunch? What time should I leave to go? Yeah, like you're always thinking of it. It's almost like like if you used to smoke cigarettes, like you're always thinking of the next time you'll have one. Exactly. It's the same thing with food for me too. Yes. Yes. And it was like the, it was like that noise was gone. Um, And I could just eat normal, a normal amount of food. I wouldn't finish it and I would be perfectly fine with that. See, now that's how I felt on carnivore. Yeah. Like I literally had no cravings to the point where it was almost like, I don't even know what to eat because (laughs) I, like I, I usually, especially if I'm trying to like limit what I'm eating or trying to stay on a specific diet, 
usually if I'm like making mac and cheese for the kids or something like that, it's, it's impossible for me to not have like a bite, which turns into multiple bites, et cetera. Mm -hmm. When I was doing carnivore and it only took about a week to get to that point. But when I was doing that, I, it was like, I just didn't even want it. Yeah. And I wasn't hungry as often either. So plus I immediately had a reduction in inflammation. Like I'm super inflamed right now because I've been cleaning houses again. So my hands are swollen and I'm getting numb fingers again, like, you know, carpal tunnel kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And I can almost guarantee you if I would just start carnivore like tomorrow and stick with it for like a week, this would go down almost immediately. And I probably Mm -hmm. just should. And I do know like I know you weren't interested in that or keto, but I do know, and I know there's a lot of people who'll be like, oh, it's not actually good for you. It's one of the few situations that even like regular mainstream doctors will say like keto is actually beneficial for are people who are diabetic. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of the few people that they'll be like, no, this is actually good for you. You know, like for the yeah. most people, we most people don't need to do that. But people who are diabetic, it's actually very good for because it does help with your insulin and shit. Yeah. But and the way I just my, believe I've never had a, a diet or anything that impacted my ability to like not care about food. I've always cared so much about food. Same. So it's same. crazy to not have that. And I really need to just Well, I found that um, you know, after I've talked to my doctor and I'm like, okay, like, yes, I'll take phenamine, but I still need to change my lifestyle drastically. Yeah. Um, I need to just eat it's healthier. Not a long-term fix. You don't want to take it forever. Exactly. So eventually I will have to get off of it. And in order to avoid gaining all that weight back, I do mm-hmm. need to get used to a new lifestyle. Um, and I have found that it's been easier for me to deny certain foods than it was before. And only yeah. because I'm now changing the way I'm like saying no. So instead, like if I see cupcakes or something at school, which we have, we have always have fucking cupcakes. This is always a birthday. Offices are and, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. And so whenever I see something like that and before I would be like, oh, I shouldn't you have think that. about it until you have it. Yeah. Like it's always there until you just decide to have it. Exactly. Yeah. And so before I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have that. And now I'm telling myself I can't have that. Yeah. And it's been a lot easier to follow through with the yeah. I can't rather than I shouldn't. Yeah. So it has been easier. So I think over the last like probably nine or 10 days, I've already lost about five pounds. Good. Um, so it's going pretty good. I so mean, far. it's tough because, right, like it's one of those things where it's it's obviously for sure 100 percent known that sugar affects your brain the same way drugs do. Like Mm -hmm. it just does. It lights up the same parts of your brain and like as like cocaine, you know what I mean? Like it it triggers the same kind of part in your brain. So people are clearly obviously addicted. And when you do find something that allows you to like back away from that, like when I did carnivore for that period of time, when you realize how it feels to not have that addiction, it's kind of mind blowing because you have that realization of like, Jesus Christ, this affects me so much. It's crazy how powerful that is. Yeah. Because you know what I mean? Like, because then you do, you have these realizations, like I think about it constantly. It's Mm -hmm. always what I think about carbs or sugars or whatever, you know? Um, And so it is, you know, maybe the idea... I'm always so torn because, right, like I worry that like if I were to, I can't, I'm not going to take phenamine again because I did try it before and I I didn't like how it made me feel, but I also do take Adderall. I'm not going to try and do the two together. That seems crazy to me. Yeah. Even if someone told me it was okay, I don't think I would trust them. But, <laughs> um, but I do feel like at least in this situation, if you have the ability to do it for a period of time that allows you to get some of that like sugar craving stuff out of your system Mm -hmm. and kind of re-regulate like what your body is desiring and wanting that hopefully when you come off of it, it will be easier for you to fight those urges. The problem I think would be all it's literally like as if it's like a drug addict. It's like the one time you go, I'm going to have this ice cream today. Fuck. Then you're like thinking about it again. You know what I mean? So, but hopefully you'll get to a point where just getting off of it won't cause you to be like, now I immediately want them, you know, because hopefully you'll have made enough chemical changes in your body to not have those cravings there anymore. And that's not just the medication doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's just been interesting to kind of like read up on, I was going on Reddit a lot to like, 
read up on people's experiences with both Wagovi and Fenermine. Yeah. And it's just funny how uh, Ozempic in general is just so controversial. And I think yeah. the only reason why is because it's, you know, gotten – it's talked about a lot recently only because celebrities have been admitting to taking it. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's kind of like thinking it's this weight loss medication when it's not. It's specifically yeah, no. geared towards diabetics. Yeah. And it's definitely kind of, like an off-label thing that they've kind of made mainstream for sure. Yeah. And it's it's been around for almost 20 years. So yeah. it's not like it's a brand new medication or anything like that. It's been around long enough that we know right. how it works and functions it is and all tough. that. I think the biggest difference though is that, like you said, I don't think that it's been as regularly used for the purpose of weight loss as it is right now. And so yeah. if someone is not diabetic, what difference does that make on someone? Like if you're diabetic and you need to take it, the understanding is probably that you're going to take it forever because mm -hmm. you're diabetic. So if you have to take a diabetic medication, it's generally not going to go away. So you're going to take it forever. These people are taking it until they get to a weight they like. The intention yeah. is not to take it forever. And so I actually was watching um, another video. I know I had sent you a few and there are concerns, obviously, as there are with any medication. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people who, and I, I don't know how, how much you know, if you've had prior issues with depression or anxiety, if that like makes it more likely that you'll have issues with those if you're taking that. I don't know if that's like correlation or if people who don't have any anxiety or depression history, um, if they have issues with it too. Um, but I've, you know, I have seen multiple people talking about how it literally has gotten to the point where they thought about like committing suicide. Like it's super serious when they've had these issues. Yeah. You know, you're only seeing the videos these people are posting. There's a bunch of people who are taking it. You know, there's always that. But I was watching a video from one of the doctors that I follow who um, does recommend carnivore. He's a board certified doctor. He's a regular ass doctor. He knows what he's talking about, you know, and he was talking about it. And again, like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, no, no one should ever take it, you know, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But what he was saying in regards to like the weight loss aspect is what it will do is it will actually shrink and reduce down your fat cells mm -hmm. because so, I don't know how much you know about fat cells, but in your body, you have a certain amount of fat cells. They don't ever go away. So if you lose weight, what happens is your fat cells shrink down, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. So if you gain weight, they're, you know, you, that's why people will gain weight to like that same weight again, because they have the same amount of fat cells. So they don't just go away. You're not creating new ones. I mean, you can create new ones, but you're not losing any, right? Yeah. So what happens, I guess, with Ozempic or any of these, what is it, um, What's the main ingredient? The name. I have no idea. <laughs> the name of the actual active ingredient. Anyway, all of them have it, right? So um, I guess what happens is it will do that. It'll shrink down your fat cells, but it will also sometimes, for a lot of people, create new fat cells. So when they get off of it, because what it does is stops them from having an appetite, mm -hmm. so they lose this weight, when they get off of it, they may have more fat cells than they had before. So if they haven't made appropriate changes in the way they're eating, when they get off of the, the drug, they're hungry again, they start eating again, they haven't made those changes. And then when they gain the weight, they have more fat cells that are accumulating fat, which means they're probably going to be gaining an additional 10 or 15 pounds because yeah. they now have extra fat cells. So, you know, like it's just one of those things where, yeah, I'm sure it's great while you're on it, but mm -hmm. I would be concerned about after, you know, clearly yeah. I have an issue with it already. So if I don't find a solution that I can do, and that's been my biggest thing. And that's been why I feel like I've maintained the same weight I'm at now, basically since I had Abraham, because I'm trying so hard to find a way to manage my diet that will allow me to do it without having to track it, remorseful of everything that goes in my mouth, because that's the only way I've been successful, but I can't maintain that. I know I can't. So I need to find something that doesn't feel that restrictive and is easy to follow, you know? And that's why I liked carnivore because I didn't have the cravings and it is easy because you know exactly what kind of foods you can eat, you know? So we'll see. Maybe I'll try it again. Originally, I was going to try it as like a um, elimination diet, you know, yeah. like doing it for like three months and then adding in like a vegetable or a fruit here and there once a week or once every two weeks to see if I had any reactions to them. And if they caused me to have cravings or caused me to have any, because I get like skin reactions sometimes. I don't know what those are from. Like on my eyes will get dry and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and a lot of that, like people have cured like psoriasis doing carnivore. Like a lot of autoimmune stuff is triggered by vegetables and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is good for people who have like autoimmune and stuff like that. But I know it's obviously restrictive. And and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. But then, like I said, a week in, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking easy. And then I wouldn't be hungry till like three. And I'm like, I guess I should eat. <laughs> and it's like, keep on steak. Here we go. That's it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so I thought this would be like a good platform to keep you guys updated on my Fetamine journey and then, yeah. you know, my journey after Fetamine and kind of see I know. where I'm I at, thought but. about doing that too. Like I had quite an Instagram following when I was not like huge, but I was getting there when I was doing my weightlifting and tracking that. The problem is like I follow this guy who was really awesome. And at this point we're 40 minutes in, so maybe we just keep it about this stuff today. But um <laughs> Uh, cause I'm not, I'm not prepared anyway, <laughs> um, but, uh, I follow this guy on YouTube and I don't know if he has like a podcast platform too, but it's, um, obese to beast. He was very overweight his entire life. And then he just naturally ate better, started lifting weights and got in shape. And, um, he does a lot of videos where he like talks about other influencers who are like maybe weight loss channels and stuff like that. And, um, I really like the way he approaches stuff. He's very neutral. He's very like compassionate. He's not judgmental at all. I really like him a lot. So if anybody checks him out, he has a lot of followers, so he's easy to find. But um, that's also where I've seen some Ozempic stories as well. Um, but uh, uh, what was I going to say? Shit. Oh, my brains. Um <laughs> What were we saying? Oh my God. You said you followed this guy who was like not judgmental yeah. and Yeah. Um oh fuck. Oh no, no, no. Okay. So I was saying how I've debated like following because I think part of the reason I was successful with the bodybuilding was because right from the start I'd made an announcement saying I was gonna do it to yeah. like social media. And I felt like I had this like thing I needed to follow up on. Right. But yeah. then at the same time, you know, so then I'm like, maybe if I did that with like an Instagram thing where I'm like documenting my weight loss, you know, maybe that'll help me stay on track at the same time. Again, I kind of go into that. Would that just be because of that, that feeling like I need to do it for other people? And right. is that going to fuck up how I maintain? And one of the things that he talks about a lot is how, you know, he'll watch videos of people who are like, I think I'm going to start documenting this. Like maybe people who have like channels that are specifically geared towards the fact that they're overweight and that's like kind of how they've built their audience, but they decide they're going to try to do it and maintain in like instead turn it into like a weight loss channel. Mm -hmm. And he always talks about how the biggest challenge there is that, you know, you're putting yourself out there. So if you have a hiccup and you already have these struggles and you don't do as well as you think, or you have a period of time where you, you know, go back paddle or whatever, you have everyone commenting and all these people following you and it can really like impact you mentally like a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so that's one of the things that I'm paranoid about because I thought about doing that and I thought, oh, I, because I know I've done it and I could do it. Um, but I do, I don't want to have it be, you know, a mental game where I feel like I'm doing it just for the purpose of like social media. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a roller coaster. uh, For sure. I do. I think I had told you, I do definitely want to like, um, get my blood work done again. Cause for a while, for anybody who doesn't know, I was having a lot of like autoimmune kinds of issues. They thought I had lupus. They thought, Maybe I had um, psoriatic arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. And, you know, I had positive um, autoimmune antibody testing. So that's like a specific blood test that shows whether or not. And and people can be positive for it, but there's like different, um, they call it a, a titer. So there's like different levels of how positive it will be. So there's a lot of people who have no autoimmune issues, but it could be slightly positive, but mine was high enough to be like, this is probably an autoimmune something or other, Yeah. but we've never really gotten down to that. Cause what happens after you get that positive, like I've always had positive inflammation levels. So that's one of the, the tests they do. And then they did the autoimmune antibody test, which was positive as well. 
And then they do drill down tests from there that test for like other markers for all of those other things. And all of those always came back normal for me. And we were doing them like in incremental periods of like a couple of months to test again. And I was on medication for lupus for a while. And, you know, then it just started to gradually improve. And I don't know why, because we never really knew what was going on. And it is better. I was having to the point where they did tests for MS. Like I was, um, there was a particular day uh, where like, I'm going to give a whole lot of information about my medical stuff here. Um, So for this period of time, it was like a a few years at that point. But I was having, um, this was actually just after the competition um, and before my surgery. So again, so I did a bodybuilding competition. And then the following year, I was training for a powerlifting competition. So in that in-between time frame is when I started noticing things going on. And so I started having... At this point, they were assuming that it was some type of seizure, but this would be like, if this happened and I was having a conversation with you, like I could have it happen right now and nothing would change. I wouldn't change my speech pattern, like nothing. I would just feel it. And so it was this weird feeling that I started getting. And I had, at the time I had just started working in an office again with fluorescent lighting. And I was like, maybe it's something having to do with the light. Like, I don't know what this is, you know, like I started and it was like, such a faint feeling when it would start that I was like, I couldn't tell you when it started. Like it was such a faint sensation that I was like, I don't know if it's been happening for like 30 seconds or if it's just started now, but it was almost like, you know how if you're sitting on a desk, right? And you like kind of have your lips like pressed into like maybe your fist or something like you're sitting there like that. Mm-hmm. And when you take them off, they almost feel cool, tingly, not like pins and needles, but almost like a vibrate kind of like feeling. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. It's not (laughs) almost like a humming vibrating sensation, right? I would get that feeling and I would get it in my cheeks, in my arms and in my legs. And so I started noticing and I was like, I don't know if this is blood pressure. I've always had great blood pressure and I would try to catch it, but it lasted such a short period of time. Like it would maybe last like 30 seconds. And then gradually it started lasting longer and longer and longer. And then when I got pregnant, it was happening a lot, like for like two minutes straight. And I got to a point of being like really freaked out about it. And so the doctor was like, I had told him already, but when I went back to see him, he's like, is it affecting your muscles? And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, actually, this is a good example of what it felt like. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you try to make a fist, but you can't tighten your fist that much. Like if you were to try to squeeze your fist. It was almost like that. And it was, I said to him, I was like, it feels nice. <laughs> like this, <laughs> I was like, but when it happens, I kind of want to like put my arms down. And like when you daze off and your eyes don't, you don't blink, you know, when you're like standing there and you're like in a mode and you're like staring off into space, but you know how it feels good and you kind of don't want to like change where you're looking and you're just sitting there feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It yeah. was like that. And it would be that like my whole body, like I just want to sit there and be like, hmm, this feels nice. <laughs> and so he's like, it sounds like maybe like a seizure, you know, and they have what is called a focal awareness seizure, which is a seizure that takes place that doesn't impact like you cognitively. And so they were assuming that's what it was. And so I did start taking medication for it. And the problem is I would have months where it didn't happen and months where it did happen uh, or weeks where it happened multiple times. And then I'd go three weeks without it. So it was very sporadic. And so it was hard to know if the medication was doing anything. But then at one point I was having other issues and I decided to stay home from work for a period of time because I was really struggling. And during this time frame, they had put me on a different medication. This was when they tried me on the lupus medication, I believe. And so I was on that. And because I changed medications, I was assuming that it impacted the seizure medication I was taking. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was a particular day where I was at home and I was doing laundry. And so I was like basically sitting on the couch, folding laundry, whatever. I had been walking around that day, no problems. And then I got up, brought clothes in Abe's room, went back to the um, living room. I sat down on the couch. I picked up another pile of his clothes and I stood up to walk in his room. And when I did that, both of my knees buckled backwards, like, like, like 
not functioning. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, that's weird. Like I've always had back issues. So I just thought maybe my back is weird, but it doesn't feel it, you know? Uh So then I took another step. Nope. Did it again. As if they're just not working. Like my muscles aren't holding my joints together. They're going to buckle backwards every step I take. And I had to bend my knees and walk with bent knees to be able to walk without my legs feeling like they were going to buckle backwards. It was so scary. And I actually messaged my friend that I grew up with who has MS. And we had been talking anyway about health stuff. And I messaged her and she's like, are you like numb anywhere? And I was like, no. And then I felt my thighs, like the outer part of my thighs. And I was like, actually, no, they're completely numb. Like I can't feel them. So... I that's when they decided to test for MS. Everything looked fine there. They've never been able to figure out. And this happened multiple times. Like it happened and it would get it was weird. So it would get to a point where like I could tell it was going to happen. Right. So it would be this sensation where I could just be standing there and all of a sudden it would feel like you just did a massive leg workout. Like, you know, when you've done like lots of leg workout and you go to like straighten your leg and lock your knees, you know how your legs feel quivery and like weak. Yeah mine would feel like that. And I was like, oh shit, it's going to happen again. And then within 15 minutes, they would like stop working. And like, then after that, for like three, four hours, like say I would lay down with one of the kids to help him go to sleep. It was like dead weight. Like my legs were like sandwiched on top of one another as if they just like, I was aware of them. It was almost like out of body experience. Like I could, I was aware of how heavy they felt on top of one another. It was the weirdest, right? Yeah. They've never figured out what it was. I've not had it happen again. However, I've had some weird like weakness in my joints just recently. But yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know. So mystery, I mystery. do want to have my blood work done again just because it's been a few years now because that did slowly taper off. And now I'd be curious to see if any markers show anything else. But even then I thought, oh, I've not, I've, I've not had my blood work done since I had um, Abe or no. Yeah. Not recently. It's been a few years and I'd be curious because I'm heavier now. I'd be curious to see what my cholesterol and all that is at. And then if I went on carnivore to see if any of those markers would change and see what it did, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was weird. I have, I have been diagnosed with peripheral neuropathy. So they did a nerve test on me when all this leg stuff happened that came back normal. Um, but then they did, they do this thing called, um, it's like a puncture. Like they literally, it's like a hole punch. They take like a hole punch of your skin. It's like this perfectly round little circular patch of skin they take. It's like smaller than the tip of an eraser, you know? Yeah. And they take it and then they send it off for testing. And they did this cause I have also, I also get, it's so funny cause there are things that, um, I have always just thought were normal for everybody. <laughs> happens and you're like well but you know how like I remember I said to Eddie I was like you know how you sometimes will get that like sharp shooting pain inside your bone and it's like zap 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 and he's like no and I'm like what do you mean that doesn't happen to you and he's like no babe that doesn't happen to me and I was like seriously and I was like no like it's just like for a couple seconds it's like ow 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 and then it's gone and he's like no <laughs> But it's like the Tom Segura joke where he's just like, wait, people don't shit like that every day? How often do you shit like that every day? <laughs> and then she's like, what is it? What does she ask him what it looks like? He's like, I don't know. I just paint the bowl and flush it down. She's like, you don't look at it? He's like, what do you want me to do? P- count the pieces? That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah no but it's true because I was like I I just thought everybody got that and yeah. then it got to a point where it was every like I would get it like there was one night where it was like two straight hours of ow 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 ow, ow. and it would be like on my ankle on a toe on my thigh on my shoulder on my <laughs> hand and it's like what the fuck it's like lightning bugs right like the, yeah and it's like it just hurts and that is telltale peripheral neuropathy which I didn't know and they test it by taking a skin biopsy and they send it out and so for a normal person in these like skin tests, they might find like 600 nerve endings, right? Mm-hmm. For someone with peripheral neuropathy, it's like 40. So it's like nothing's working right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it just causes like misfires and stuff. So I do take medication for that. The medication that I take for that is also my anxiety medication, which is cool because it's like two for one, you know? And I know <laughs> when I don't take it because I'll either get zapping pains or I'm a raging bitch. So <laughs> If I forget to take it, I'm like, that's why I'm a cunt. <laughs> but Sounds like a period. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah. So it would be curious, but I know. And I feel like, especially with all that stuff, I definitely need to get in better shape again. It's just been feeling like so much, especially after you have kids, when you have little kids, you know, it's like constant, just God. constant, ah, putting fire out after fire out after fire out and never being able to go like, what can I do this second? No. Speaking of which, speaking of which, I need to tell my poop story. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> oh, they're the best. Do you know what we usually call these? Poopocalypse. Poopocalypse. Yeah, it's a poopocalypse story. It's a good one, too. Uh, okay. Um, this will be a good ending note. Yes, I went, I've been going to the gym. Love a good poo story. Yeah, my poop story. <laughs> I've been going to the gym um, and I just recently started the strength training classes. So I've been like interacting with different instructors than I normally do. And anyways, um, I was running late. I think it was Thursday. Um, I was running late to my class and it's Freddie's picture day. So I thought that it was picture day. So it was, much better. It was picture day. <laughs> and I was smart and I put him in a completely different outfit because yes. he's been teething and he's been having a lot of blowouts lately. So uh -huh. I didn't want him to like mess up his outfit. So I was smart and I prepared myself. Uh, I didn't quite prepare myself for what actually happened. Um, but I was running late to the class and so I was like, oh, that's fine. Like there's a there's a spin class that starts at 725. Like if I'm super late, then I'll just see if I can change my reservation to that class. And so uh, I get to – we get to Mount Pleasant and I hear Freddie crying and then I start smelling something. And I was like, oh, God, he probably pooped. So then we get to the parking lot of the school and I open the door and to my horror, he's playing in his poop. It had fallen out of his diaper and it was covering his legs, his arms, oh God, his face. So and the I, fact that you said it's on his face, I'm like, dude, that stresses was, me out so much. I always worry about eyes. and I know. I was like, holy mother of God, I did not expect this. So I'm already late as it is. So I'm like kidding him out of the car seat and I'm like, I can't have him anywhere near me. Otherwise, I'm going to be covered in shit. So I'm like – It's one of those like <laughs> – uh, 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 <laughs> I'm like rushing him to his classroom and I see his teacher and I was like, I am so sorry. I am late for my class. He is covered in shit. I apologize. I'm going to try and help you like clean him up as much as possible. I was like, but I'm going to need to clean my car because right now that's a mess. <laughs> So I'm grabbing a bunch of wipes and I go to clean out the car seat. And honestly, I could vomit right now just even thinking about it. I was in the parking lot like trying to scoop up the poop. I was very close to puking. There was vomit in my mouth and I had to suck it back. <laughs> and because you remember, I work at the school. This okay? was definitely not just a shart. No, it was not just a shart. I work at this school, okay? Those parents that are picking or that are dropping their kids off, they cannot see me vomiting in the parking lot. So, one like, of I'm not sick. It's I'm just, just like, shit. <laughs> and so, I'm like trying to clean it up. And then one of the teachers comes over and she's like, Good morning. And she sees my face. She's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> No, I'm not okay. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm, I'm sucking back the vomit. I clean it up as much as I can. I get to this, the studio and the instructor sees me and he's like rushing me in. And he, cause at this point I'm already 15 minutes late and he's like, is everything okay? What happened? I was like, um, so my son had a huge blowout and he was playing with it in his car seat. And he's just kind of laughs. And I was like, yeah, so that's why I'm late. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> and so then he's like, okay, just pick any station and you can just get started. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so I get two minutes into my workout and I look down and there's a giant piece of poop on my shoe. And I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to clean this up. So quickly I go over and grab a, a couple of wipes and clean off my shoe. And then I go back to the station and start working out again. And then I look down on my other shoe and there's still some smeared on that shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's like, well, this is 
This is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And so then I go grab another wipe and he comes over to me and he's like, did you find any more shit on you? closet that I could hide in for a little bit if you oh don't mind. God. First of all, dude, if you saw this, could you have like said something to me? Oh, man. I, I swear. To see how long it took me to realize that I was covered in, po- in poop. <laughs> Good. Oh, kids. So that was that was hands down my fail this week mm. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I still, I, I still have nightmares about it. Oh, it's the worst. And he doesn't normally have blowouts. That's the thing. So you can tell he's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just a period of time. Yeah. And he like he the night before that, he had gone in the bath and he had pooped in the bathtub. And he's yeah. never done that before. To my he's surprise. done it like once or twice. I've never did it though. Yeah. He, he and he he looked stressed like he was playing. And then all of a sudden I hear him go like kind of whining and crying a little bit yeah. and I look over and I'm like are you okay and he's like ah, ah. and then I just see poop floating in the, in the water I'm like god damn it I'm gonna have to bleach the whole tub along with his toys god so Kids are gross they are and he looks so like uncomfortable and I feel so bad so I mean like I said he doesn't normally do that but yeah that was probably the momest moment i've ever had in in my life so far Mm. something out of a movie (laughs) i love it though well i love that we're an hour in and we didn't talk anything um you know that's okay that's totally fine it's the short show for a reason (laughs) You know what? I I give us some grace, okay? We we made it to an hour yes. without this thing turning we off. We recorded, on us. yes, and we recorded. I feel like trying to do it with the video fucked it up. Like maybe we can both use our phones next week, and I'll try and figure out how I. That'll be the challenge. We'll be trying to figure out how to um. How to put the two together because I haven't yeah. had to do that, but I'll figure it out. Well, and then next week, then I will plan on my conspiracy theories because I have quite a few that I thought would be fun to talk about. But okay, cool. But I gotta get going because uh, Eddie has to go to work for the night because they are doing inventory. Um, So, yep. Well, it was a good chat chatting about uh, her chatting it up. And yeah, it's like funny, I guess. But that's okay. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Never know who it might help in the future. The poop was funny. Yeah, at least out of that. So, you know, if um, oh, I'll, I guess, well, maybe disclaimer <laughs> when we post about it. Hey, if you want to get to the funny stuff, get to the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I thought you were gonna say trigger warning for poop, yeah. and I was like, I swear to God, I'm gonna punch you if I could punch you through the no. fucking computer. I would. I hate the trigger warning shit. I've uh, talked about that. I just feel like if you need a trigger warning, you know what that tells me? That you have some fucking work to do on something yes. that makes you feel like shit. If you can't listen to something because it talked about a topic that makes you go, <laughs> figure that shit out because, you know. We can't all censor ourselves. No. 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 Stupid. Anyway. Well, thanks Alrighty. for the um, anxiety-filled afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm glad that took twelve thousand years, but yeah, we started. Be like, Where have you been? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could, we spent a good hour, yeah. hour and twenty minutes just trying yeah. to figure this fucking, fucking recording stupid. out. I know. Um, I'm gonna do some research and see if I can find a platform that does it better. It's it would be so nice to be able to record it all with video at the same time. But yeah. certain things, like I know you can record like Zoom, but the quality is not like you know you would want for a podcast kind of a thing so it's not the yeah. same it's like recording for like businesses to have like the information recorded you know what i mean like it's different yeah. so but i'll figure it out well all right well i hope that you enjoy your afternoon all right you too all right <laughs> bye bye, bye.